I have the honor of uh, continuing the series that Pastor started for us, and the series is called Building a New Approach to Build a New Future. So come on, say, build a new approach, a new approach. to build a new future. And uh, Pastor has these four sermons that are targeted for the month. Uh, the first weekend we had, Are You a Wise Person? And today I have the honor of, Are You a Foolish Person? And then uh, next week, How to Be a Good Steward, and the week after, How to Be a Bad Steward. So our, my topic for today is, Am I Wise or Am I Foolish? Come on, say, Am I Wise or Am I Foolish? Just keep in mind that as I use the term foolish, that the definition for foolish is to have a moment when you lack good sense or judgment. Now, if you are honest, we have all had moments when we lacked good judgment or good sense. If you can say that you're guilty of that, you have been foolish, say I. I. Okay, those who did not say anything, you are currently lacking good judgment. <laughs> Because we're all guilty of it. We're all guilty of it. So we're st we've been studying uh, Matthew 25. So let's look at Matthew 25, 1 through 10. It says, At that time the kingdom of heaven is like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps but did not take any oil with them. They had a lamp but didn't take any oil with them. The wise, no additional oil. The wise ones, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time coming and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, the cry rang out, here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, give us some of your oil, our lamps are going out. No, they replied, there may not be enough for both of us and you. Instead, go to those who sell the oil and buy some more for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy, buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet and the door was shut. Come on, say the door was shut. The door was shut. This chapter starts off with the kingdom of heaven is light. So if you want to have an example of what is the kingdom of heaven like, it's like having some individuals who are wise and some are foolish. Kingdom of heaven is just a realm of rulership. So let, we can even say this is what Christians look like. This is what the body of Christ looks like. Those who have given their heart and life to Jesus Christ, this is what that, that pool, that family looks like. Even within that family, you have some individuals who are wise and some who are foolish. Now they said the wise individuals had not only jars of oil, but they had an additional vessel of oil so that just in case the oil ran out, they had more. While the foolish only had their, their lamps with whatever amount of oil they had in it. Now it dawned on me last week when the pastor was teaching this, that if we have a generation of people who don't know what a phone book is, it's highly possible they don't know what an oil lamp is. Okay, now it's hard to believe they don't know what a phone book is, but you know, um, many don't. And, and I think we even got a phone book to come to the church the other day, and it was about this thick. And I thought, wow, that thing is just gonna disappear and turn into nothing real soon, but it's just totally irrelevant. Well, I wanted you to see what an oil lamp looks like. So, on the screen, here is an oil lamp that you may have seen in grandmama's house, or you may have seen, you know, in 
in, um, in an antique shop. And the concept of the oil lamp is that the base, the base of the lamp is a, is a container that has oil. And then there is almost like either a piece of cloth, they call it a wick, but it's like cloth or it's like a rope that rests within the oil and come out of the top. Because of the, the connection, that little bit of oil that's coming through that, that cloth or that rope, you set a fire to the wick, that's that cloth at the top, and it will cause a room to light up. Now this particular vessel, this particular piece of or furnishing was crucial especially prior to having light bulbs. Now, I know some of you think there are all, light bulbs always existed, but, but they were actually invented in the late 1800s. So prior to the 1800s, you had to have some kind of lamp, or you had to have a candle, or you had to have a fireplace, or you had to put some wood together. You've seen people in the woods, and they got wood together. If you didn't have the sun or the moon, you had to make up some fire from somewhere in order to have light. Okay, so you see that's the kind of lamp you may have seen in your grandma's house. There's another kind of lamp that you may have seen in the movies where they're holding the little hook and they're walking through the woods because the wood's dark. And so they're holding up the lantern so they can see where they're going. Or in those good old westerns, they'd have a little lantern sitting up resting on the mantle and it would light up the whole room. That has the same concept where you have to have oil in the base in order to light the top. And then, of course, in Bible times, they had the same concept. They still had a lamp, so it was still a vessel that held the oil in, in the base of the vessel. It had a wick. It had a, a piece of cloth or something similar to a rope that came out and where the bottom of the rope touched the oil and it came out through the top and you had what they called the wick. So when, you, when the verse says they had to trim the lamp, every now and then you had to cut off some of the old part of the cloth or the old part of the rope so that the, the light would be brighter. And so they would trim, their, trim the wick, trim their lamps, and then light it, and then of course you would have light in the room. Now when the oil ran out, guess what disappeared? The light disappeared. Now some of you, you may not say, well, you know, I, that's a nice to know about the oil and all that stuff, but for those of you who, who experienced that last hurricane that we had, you know what it looks like without electricity. Amen. The only individuals who did not experience our glorious re uh, revelation was those who lived in Pula, where's Kula? <laughs> I could not understand why those who live in Pula, Pula now, when I grew up, Pula was the country, it wasn't Pula, Kula. Pula was country, and we laughed at you if you lived in Pula because you had pigs. You know, but now if you live in Pula, where it's cooler, you know, you guys didn't lose any power. I found out why. Do you guys know why they didn't lose power in Pula? Not because it was cooler. Because I found out the wire is underground. Yes. So if you do have an accident underground, you're going to be out for a long <laughs> But... That's fine, that's fine. I have a family member who lives in Pula, where it's cooler, so I knew I had some place to go if I had to. But that's the only reason why they still had power. But for those of us who didn't live out there, we went home and it was so dark. You didn't have a street light, you didn't have a street, you didn't have um, a stoplight, you didn't have a McDonald's light, you had nothing, and it was dark. If, the sun, if, if it wasn't daytime or if the moon wasn't shining, you saw absolutely nothing. So that is an example of what life was like. So it was really important 
to have an oil lamp and not only have the oil lamp, but to also have oil in the lamp, okay? Now, you can imagine when you took the trip, all of us had to leave Savannah, and what was really important, you wanted water in your house, and you wanted canned goods and all of that, but when they said it was time to get out, the most important thing you needed to have was gas in your car. And I'm sure you didn't say, well, I'm fine with whatever amount of gas I have in my car. No, you all headed straight for the nearest gas station, even if it was in Pula, and you filled your tank to the brim. That's what you had to do because you were trying to foresee evil. You didn't want to be on 16 stuck, you know, trying to find gas in Milledville or someplace. You wanted to make sure that you had enough gas. So that is just wise thinking to make sure that you have not only oil in your lamp, but you have additional oil. But here it says that kingdom is heaven, heaven is light. You have even among some people who have made this wonderful commitment to Christ, you have some individuals who are wise and you will have some individuals who are foolish. So we're going to look at our question for today. How do you know when you are being foolish? How do you know when? Now what's so powerful about this question is not how do you know if you're being foolish Remember, everybody's going to be foolish at some point in time because foolish, foolish means to have a moment where you lack good sense or judgment. So it's not if you're being foolish, it's when you're being foolish. Sometimes you think you're being wise, but you're actually being foolish. So let's identify the habits of a foolish um, individual. We see in this verse, in these verses, that you have the habit of procrastination. That's the uh, action of delaying or postponing something. It says in verse five, the bridegroom was a long time in coming and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. You thought I have plenty of time. I can hit the snooze button over and over again. It doesn't matter. Don't need it right now. I can wait. The habit of procrastination can cause you to have uh, 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 bad decisions or bad results. We saw among uh, these women a habit of poor pre-planning. It says in verse three, the foolish ones took their lamps but did not take any oil with them. Not keeping in mind that eventually the oil is going to be gone. You see that the foolish one said to the wise, give us some of your oil in our lamp because our lamps are going out. Thinking just because you have no money, somebody else is gonna have some money to try to save you. You know, I think it's an abomination when grown folk go to mama and talk about mama, can I have $20? It's like mama should say no. Give them a sandwich and send them home, but you know that mother's heart is like, here, baby, it's my last $20, but I'm gonna give it to you. To me, you, if you make, if you plan properly, if you're wise, you should be giving mama $20 instead of you always going to, to mama for $20. But the habits of a foolish is procrastination, a habit of poor pre-planning, and also a habit of making last-minute decisions. They decide, when they find out they couldn't get it, they couldn't get the oil from their buddies, they couldn't get $20 from mama, they had to, while they were, they decided to go buy some more oil. By the time they came back, the door was shut. By the time they came back, the door was what? Shut. It was over. Have you had moments where you miss blessings and opportunities because of foolish decisions? I'm, I know I have, and I'm sure you have too. Have you missed blessings, opportunities, and more because of foolish decisions? I've seen uh, cases where there was relationship, husband and wife, and it seems like it was just all over. It was a wash, wrapped up, and then all of a sudden, 
someone or both parties respond and the relationship is restored. Headed, I had some, they were headed about to sign the last document, relationship restored. But then other cases where relationship was totally over and the door was shut. By the time a person, one of the spouses got a revelation, it was too late. It was over. I've seen people with a, a poor health diagnosis. And so what they decided to do was change their eating habits, take their medicine, go to the doctor, and also pray for God to heal and restore. And I've seen some where even though the medical circumstances were horrible, they were totally restored. But I saw some who said, well, I'm going to eat and do what I want because you only have one life to live. I'm going to eat as many cookies and fried chicken and ribs as I can. And doctor don't know everything. He don't have no control over my body. And next thing you know, they're in the grave. The door was shut. Okay? So you need to understand that there are some things that can be restored or regained. And we see that even in Joel 2.25. But there are many things in life where the door is shut, like you see in Matthew 5 and 10. So we see that you, at the kingdom of heaven is like. It's like some people who are wise and some people who are foolish. Foolish people tend to have habits of procrastination, poor planning, and they tend to have a habit of making last-minute decisions. Now, we're going to look at some habits found in the in foolish that's found in Proverbs, in the book of Proverbs. Now, these examples, these habits of foolish individuals are really harsh. Even when I read some of them, it's like, ooh, that is hard. And when pastor told me, he said, oh, Diane, you're going to have fun talking about the foolish. It's like, oh, I don't know people mad with me, you know. <laughs> But it's harsh. Now, just remember, this is God's word. This is God talking. This is not Miss Temple. Okay? This is God. But what I'm going to do is give you some, some, some real sweet verses from Proverbs before we go to the harsh verses from Proverbs. So it's not in your notes. But if you look, Proverbs 3 and 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not to your own understanding. Those of you who believe that verse, say amen. amen. Oh, that's a nice, sweet verse. Proverbs 22 and 6 says, start children off in the way that they should go, and when they are old, they will not depart from it. Just train up a child in the way that they should go, and when they're old, they won't depart. Oh, that's a nice little verse. Come on, say amen. amen. And then all the ladies we've heard all of our lives talking about the Proverbs 31 woman, a wife of noble character who can find, oh, people just wonderful like us, they just hard to find. Just that's, that's all in Proverbs. She is more, worth more than rubies. How many ladies say, I'm worth more than a ruby? <laughs> Amen. That is all in Proverbs. Okay? And it says, in, a, in Proverbs 4.23, it says, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows through your heart. Oh, yes. That's a nice little Proverbs verse. So that means when we get to these harsh ones, who wrote, who wrote who's responsible for these verses? God, not Miss Temple. Okay, so let's look at the habits of foolish people found in Proverbs. Now remember, a foolish individual is an, a person who lacks good sense or judgment. And if you have had a moment where you lack good sense and judgment, come on, say again, I. I. So these verses are talking about us. So uh, Proverbs are short sayings, but they bring big truth. Short sayings teaching a big truth. We see the first one says from Proverbs 18 and 7, the mouths of fools are their undoing and their lips are a snare to their very lives. 
The lips of fools bring them strife, and their mouths invite a beating. That's why some of you got that spanking when you were 14 years old, 8 years old, it was your mouth. So we see your words, if your words ruin lives and cause strife, the Bible classifies you as a foolish individual. If you have friends and family whose words ruin lives, and every time they talk, it's strife and drama, your big walking reality show, that means that according to the Bible, this is a person who is foolish. They lack good sense or judgment. Another one says that a foolish individual rather talk than listen. We're not talking about you, but do you know some people who rather talk than listen? It says a fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his own opinion. I have got to be heard. Mom, you just don't understand me. That's back in the olden days, not like today. You just don't get it. You don't know what you're talking about. Oh, they're just so stupid. You know, parents just don't know anything. Fools take no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing their opinion. The fools give full vent to their rage, but the wise bring calm. You think the wise sometimes, that person who's bringing calm to the room, that they're just passive. No, if they're bringing calm to the room, they're actually wise. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes. A fool is always going to be right, so you can't talk him out of it. But a wise man listens to advice. Something pastor says all the time is if you're in an environment and all the smart people stop talking, that means you're in trouble. If, if grandma and grandpa, who, who not only raised a whole pack of children, but had a business and had, had farmland and had houses and then seen everything, and they stop talking to you because you're not listening, you are actually in trouble. You have not won over grandma and grandpa, you actually in trouble. A fool rather talks than listen. Now this one, it says a fool or a foolish person often have to be ignored in order for others to survive. Do you have people in your life that you have to just say, you have to just ignore them even just for you to live? Because they go on and on and on. You try to give wise words, you try to give suggestions, they go on and on. You cannot change their mind for nothing in the world. Here is their verse, it's found in Proverbs 26, three through five. A whip for the horse, I told you Proverbs can be cold sometimes. A whip for the horse, a bridle for the donkey, and a rod for the back of fools. Answer not a fool according to his folly, lest you be like him yourself. Answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own eyes. Sometimes a person is so foolish until you have to just ignore them to survive. And you've seen sometimes people are all in these big old arguments and disputes, and it's like, why are they still letting it go on? It's because what's going to happen? If you keep going back and forth and back and forth with a foolish person, they're going to make your blood pressure go up. They're going to make you have hot migraines, all kind of stuff. You're gonna, you'll be in the grave, and they're still going on driving somebody else crazy. So you have to decide that even the Bible says that when a person is being foolish, sometimes you have to totally ignore them just so that you can survive. You're not being passive. You're trying to survive. So you have to let them just go on. They don't get it. Pastor calls it. He says sometimes people are 5,276 miles from the will of God. 
They think they're walking in the will of God, but they're, only, they're over 5,000 miles away from the will of God. They don't see it right now. They don't get it right now. And you're going to stress yourself out trying to convince them to see. They just don't get it. So let them go ahead. Get, you know, I, I, some people, I said, we, they have, they've got a mom in the house, dad in the house, parents not perfect, just like you're not perfect. Your parents were present, they worked hard, they did all, and the kids still turn around and make a foolish decision. You know, I, what I say to some people like that, well, if they end up going to hell, they worked real hard to get there. Because they had all these options. Here at Overcome My Faith, we've been teaching kids and children's ministry and telling them about Jesus and letting them play ball and feed them pizza and all kind of stuff. We've been doing that for almost 40 years, 30-something 30 years, we've been doing that. These kids around here, if they choose to be crazy, they work real hard to be crazy because they had parents who, who actually heard the word. They had children's church teachers. They had, it's not one of those churches where you don't have fun and I just had to sit in the back and I got pinched all day long. How many of you got pinched in church? Yeah, yeah these kids don't know nothing about being pinched in church. They're over there playing games and eating, eating uh, gummy bears. They're listening to VeggieTale music, eating gum bears. I used to have to get pinched. I had to have coloring books and all of that. So they have no business not serving Christ. But if they do, let it go. Don't you, you continue to fight for them, pray for them, but don't you drive yourself crazy and you in the grave and, and, uh, or you taking extra medicine trying to survive. So it says some of the habits of the foolish found in Proverbs. We see that a habit of a foolish person is they have anger issues. In Ecclesiastes 79, be not quick in your spirit to become angry, for angry lodges, it rests, it abides in the bosom, in the heart of a fool. If a wise man has an argument with a fool, the fool only rages and laughs, and there is no quiet. A foolish person, when they are mad, there is no quiet. They will keep going. I saw this absolutely ridiculous video the other day. I don't know if it was on the news or if it's on social media, but it was two men who had gone to a grocery store like Publix or something, and they were in line to get uh, Subway sandwiches. And so one guy was in line to get a Subway sandwich, and the other guy got in front of him. They start fussing about who was first, who was supposed to get their sandwich order first. Next thing you know, they went from fussing to pushing. And they went from pushing to actually wrestling in the grocery store. Now, can you imagine this? Two grown men, over 40 years old, might have been 50-something, wrestling. At least what they remembered from wrestling. That's what it looked like. It's like, am I supposed to hold you this way? It was two, two grown men wrestling, busting and fighting off of who was first to order the Subway sandwich. Anger rests in the bosom of fools. So here the staff is coming to try to break them up. And while they're trying to break them up, of course, people always like reaching like, I'm going to still come after you. They, they holding me back, but I'm going to come get you. Off a Subway sandwich. Off a Subway sandwich. So when you see cases like that, you just say, foolish. They are lacking good sense or judgment. So keep in mind, anytime you are all angry and upset and you just breathing, I've seen people say, hey, hey, I'm so mad. Hey, hey. It's like, just remember the verse. The verse says, be not quick in anger because anger lodges, 
rest in the bosom of fools. I know you feel like you're right. They treated you unfair. You know, we shall overcome someday. It's just not right, you know, but it does not matter. Remember, anger rests in the heart in the bosom of, of fools. Have a strategy when you get all upset. I know when I get stressed out, I, I start playing gospel music real loud because only Jesus can bring me back. So staff knows if I say, well, right now, I don't need to answer any questions. I advise you not to ask me any questions. I'm not going to ask or answer. I'm going to my office to play some very loud gospel music. They know you better leave me alone. Best step back now because old Diane might flare back up. So just let her go play some gospel music till she calms down. You know, have a strategy of calm. Don't allow anger to rest in the bosom of your life because the Bible says you're a fool. You're lacking good sense or judgment. If you have, the Bible says, not Miss Temple, if you have a I can't stand certain people list, the Bible says you're a fool. If you have a I can't stand her, I can't stand my boss, I can't stand my neighbors, you know, the Bible says you are a fool. The one who conceals hatred has lying lips, and whoever utters slander is a fool. I can't stand your list. I, uh, teen girls, you see what the Bible said about you? I can't stand. And then a lot of women, men don't listen. A lot of women, we still have the same thing, we just know how to hide it better. You know I can't stand her. You know, you, your teenager's like, I can't stand. She better not say that to me. Why she in my business? She need to mind her own business. You know, that's how we process. But then when we grown, it's like, you know, you don't even have to say it. It's like, <laughs> which means I can't stand you. You know, but remember, if you have I, I can't stand certain people list, and brothers, you're guilty of it too. You just know how to be cool about it, but you're guilty of it too. So don't get too happy. Okay, if you have a, I can't stand certain people list, the Bible says that you are being foolish. One of my pet peeves is if you tend to be a person who joke about the wrong things. Doing wrong is like a joke to a fool, but wisdom is a pleasure to a man of understanding. I've seen people joke about an elderly person or Joke, or sometimes an older person joking and laughing at someone, you know, who's young because you feel like they don't know no better, they don't know. How, she don't even know how to change the baby diaper, got the baby diaper on backwards. Don't sit there and just joke and laugh at her. Show her how to put the baby diaper on properly, you know. But my special, special pet peeve is when individuals joke at a person because of a disability. I was raised with a magnificent cousin, and he's going to be with the Lord now, but as a cousin with Down syndrome. And so when I hear people say, oh, you just being a retard, you being retarded, I'm thinking, oh, my, my cousin was a lot brighter than you, the way you're using that phrase. But of course, because I love Jesus, I don't say that to people. I think it, but I don't say it. I don't say it, but it's my pet peeve because it's like you are speaking on something that you have no understanding of. And the Bible says that when you sit and ridicule people like that, that you are actually a foolish individual. 
My, my cousin was bright and a whole lot of people I ever come, came across in my life and had more love and compassion than a whole lot of people I came across in my lifetime. So I don't appreciate if it's someone who's close to me and they use that, that terminology, they put down somebody because of a physical dis disability or a mental challenge or what, you just slow, you just dumb, you just foolish. It's like, oh my goodness. I remember, I have a, I have a niece who, because uh, she would spend half her time looking out the window, they were about to send her to a special needs class when actually the girl was a genius and she was bored. <laughs> that was the problem. You know, and I've seen some that, I've, it's just some magnificent stories that, that I've, ex, I've experienced of people who the world classified them with these definitions. But you have to be careful how you, what you say about people and how you tag people, especially if they have a physical disability, something they cannot change. I see it if you, if you say, oh, you're acting like somebody who's mentally retarded. It's like, oh, that, that's, an, that's a pleasure because my mentally retarded cousin was a joy. It was a, he was a joy. So we see a foolish person tends to joke about the wrong things. We see that a foolish individuals uh, are easily seduced. A woman folly, and uh, the woman folly is loud and she is seductive and knows nothing. She sits at the door of her house and she takes a seat at the high places of the town calling into those who come by. Come here, sweetie, you look so fine. You look so handsome, I'd love for you to come sit. Come sit right next to me. That's that kind of woman. Calling all those who pass by who are going straight on their way. The Bible says this kind of woman, this kind of person, this kind of enticing spirit is a foolish individual. Now you may be flattered by it, you know, but that is actually a foolish person that you're being flattered by. So here, an enticing individual is actually a foolish person. And then whoever is simple, whoever is foolish, let him turn in there. So that means that female who's being enticing and, and, and trying to tempt you, not only are they being foolish, but the, but the brother who turned around and say, yes, I'm going that way, you're also being foolish. We see it all the time. We see it in the mall. We see it downtown. You see it in the, in the club where you saw it last night. You know, all those different things. The Bible says you are being foolish. The other day, Pastor and I, we, we like going downtown and, and getting something to eat and so forth. And it was, it was one of those cold, cold evenings. And so uh, and we were driving down, and it was this girl. She had the cutest little outfit on. And, oh, and I, I just admire cute little outfits. I came up in the 70s, so, you know, I have a whole lot more liberty in my brain of what's modest apparel. But she, she had the cutest little outfit, and it was way up to here. And she had her heels on and had no jacket, and it was cold. And she was just walking down the front of the street like this here, and her boyfriend was walking right behind her. And I was saying, ooh, little foolish thing. She would have a cold tomorrow. <laughs> but she was cute. She was foolish, but she was cute. But what was amazing, while she was walking like this here, going down the street, her boyfriend was right behind her, foolish leading the foolish. One thing about the brother, he had on a coat. <laughs> he didn't have a cold the next day. But here you have foolish being seduced, seducing the foolish. And that's in the Bible, Miss Temple. Let's say that. That's in Proverbs 9, 13 through 16. We see also in Proverbs, uh, Psalms uh, 14 and 1, they have a pattern of denying God. 
The fool says in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt, their deeds are vile, and there is no one who does good. It's amazing the individuals who say there is no God. Despite the fact that they see moon and the stars and the ocean, the fact that their heart is beating this very moment, the, fight, the fact that there's an inhale and exhale happening in your body right now and you're not controlling it. You sit there and say, okay, I'm gonna hold my breath as long as possible. All of a sudden, even if you hold your breath as long as you can, your body is gonna click and force you to inhale and exhale. Yet, you believe, you have the nerve to say there is no God. Even if an individual doesn't serve the God we serve, they have to understand that there is a higher being. There is someone greater than yourselves that is in control and has apparently done some of this stuff that's going on. A foolish person has a pattern of denying God. So what we are to do is to learn from foolish moments. Remember, a foolish individual is a person who lacks good sense or judgment. We've all had those seasons, but we have to decide what are we going to learn from these seasons. It says in Titus 3, 3 through 4, it says, at one time, we too were foolish. That means everyone has been foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. But when the kindness and love of God, our Savior, appeared, he saved us not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy, his undeserved favor, his undeserved favor. So what do we learn from these moments where we tend to procrastinate and have poor planning? And what do we learn from the seasons where we made last-minute decisions? What do we learn from, you know, moments where our words uh, destroyed lives and we were hard-headed and wouldn't listen. We had can't stand your people list. What do we learn? We need to learn from the foolish moments of our family past, our family history, learn from the foolish moments of our cultural history, and learn from the foolish moments of our biblical history. Don't duplicate the foolishness. Learn from it. In your family history, you may have had poor love choices. In your family history, you may have had abuse. In family history, you may have had substance abuse. In your family history, you may have had alcoholism. In your family history, you may have had um, all, uh, rape and molestations. Whatever is in that family history that is foolish behavior, don't duplicate it. Learn from it and move forward. I'm sure in your family, everything wasn't foolish. There were some wise things some wise principles that were taught in your family. Ad adopt, uh, accept those wise things in your family and make sure you don't duplicate the foolish. I thank God that there are a lot of crazy stuff that, that happened in my family, but my mom didn't sit there and just try to hide it all and just act like we had this little foofy, wonderful family. She told me, she, she said, first of all, she said, okay, these are the crazy things it's in our family and the tendencies. These are the wise things. And she said, and right now in the name of Jesus, I break all the generational curses that it will not come nigh my children. You know, and so she prayed that prayer and that made a big difference. But even if, if your mama prayed that prayer, you still have the choice of being wise or foolish. I would say if you had alcoholism in the family, that means you can't even, you cannot be a social drinker. 
okay? If you have substance abuse in your family, that means you can't sit there and say, boy, that medicine sure made me feel mighty happy, even though I'm not in pain, I'm going to take some extra. You cannot do that. There's certain things you can't do. You know, in, in my family, because it was so much high blood pressure in the family, we, we can't sit there and eat ribs every day. We just can't do it. You know, learn from your family history and move, move forward. Learn from moments in cultural history. There are a lot of things that we've been through in this country. Some things are wonderful and some are just plum crazy. It was in Black History Month, you, you, a lot of things are brought to your attention and it's like to have something that's like, okay, separate but equal. You know, you have two water fountains and this water fountain says white only and this one says colored only. Now, even if you think about it, it's like, that is just crazy. That is just foolish. But that's the season in which our country lived in and thank God we no longer live in it, hallelujah. Thank God. And so, but learn from it. Now, you don't just still live there and say, look what happened. No, you, unless you're over 50 years old, you have got nothing to complain about. You know, even over 50, you need to thank God that you had the ability to see a change in our country. But, you know, you can't fuss about, nobody made you go to a colored bathroom, so what you protesting and fussing about? What you need to do is live in a positive fashion. Be a positive example. Learn from those individuals who fought on your behalf and take advantage of your education your educational opportunities. You have an opportunity to go to schools that, I, that my mom couldn't even think about. You have an opportunity to get degrees and learn, and it's just absolutely amazing. Learn from our cultural past. In our cultural past, we even had, it wasn't just always a black and white issue, we had strife and division of within our country itself. How much did we get accomplished when we were sitting there battling with each other? We have to get along in order to move forward. Learn from the mistakes of our past. And then we need to learn from biblical examples. We, saw, we see foolish decisions all the time, all throughout the Bible, and we have the choice whether we're gonna adopt the foolishness or learn from it. I pray that you learn from it. So, question for today, how do you know when you are being foolish? There are signs that are abounding. You know you're being foolish, if you have a habit of procrastination and poor planning, pre-planning, if you have a habit of making last-minute decisions. But the Bible says the kingdom of heaven is like that. That is normal. That is, that is normal. You have to decide whether you're going to be a, a group of the wise or you're going to be a group of the foolish. Let's stand to your feet and let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before your throne in the name of Jesus, thanking you for your word. Your word, Lord God, can be ever so pleasant. It'll say, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not into your own understanding. In all your ways, I will acknowledge you and you will direct my path. But then you'll turn around and say in your word, the mouths of fools are their undoing and their lips are a snare to their very lives. Your word is true, regardless it's, if it's a word that sounds wonderful or if it's a word that's cutting, Lord God, your word is true. I pray, Lord God, that you help us to receive your word on the day. As we go through this series of how to build a new future, we need to learn from the experiences of the wise and learn from the experiences and the signs of the foolish. Give us wisdom, Lord God, as we move forward. 
I pray, Lord God, that we will, re now that all of these habits have been revealed, that we will acknowledge those that are present in our lives and we will reject those things in the name of Jesus. When it comes up, not if, when these, these circumstances come up, help us, Lord God, to deny it. Bring your word back to us and help us to deal with issues of anger. Help us to deal with issues of having a can't stand you list. Help us, Lord God, to deal with issues where our mouths are leading others to ruin and to ourselves. Help us to deal, Lord God, with the issues where when all the wise voices stop speaking, is it possible, Lord God, that it's not that we're being so super wise? Is it possible that we're being foolish? Help us to identify those times, Lord God, and learn from them. I pray blessings upon your people on today. Lord God, we receive your word. We hear your word. We receive your word. We're going to apply your word. And then, Lord God, these words, we're going to share your word. We thank you in Jesus' name. Now, with every head bowed, eyes closed, and hands down for a moment, we talked today about the difference between wise decisions and foolish decisions, wise habits and foolish habits. One of the wisest decisions I ever made in my life was as a teenager asking Jesus Christ to be Lord of my life. I came up in a movement where, you know, it's like you, you say it loud, I'm black and I'm proud, I'm, I'm educated, I'm, I'm smart, I can do all things, no, the limitations are gone, all those things. But I found out that I was walking in my own strength. And so what I needed to do was to seek the counsel of the person who is the creator of this wonderful earth in which I live. And so once I seek the wisdom of my wonderful creator, I found out that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God and that I needed to seek his advice. And his advice was, Diane, stop trying to rule your own life, but release your life to me. So it, it, as a teenager, I said, Jesus Christ, come into my heart. Be Lord of my life. I release my life and place my life in your hands wisest decision I ever made in my life. I pray that if there be any in this house who've never given your heart and life to Jesus Christ, that it's such an easy process. The Bible says all you have to do is confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, Jesus from the dead, and thou shalt be saved. You don't have to scrub it out, clean it out, stop doing various things. All you have to do is confess believe and receive a simple prayer of salvation if there's any in the house today and you want to give your heart and life to Jesus Christ be a part of his kingdom his rulership it's a simple prayer I would be honored to pray with you all you have to do is lift your hands and put it back down and I will pray with you you don't have to come forward no one is going to come to you or embarrass you if you want to pray this simple prayer of salvation lift your hand up and put your hand back down. Lift your hand up and put it back down. Hallelujah. Now, there may be some in the house, and you said, I prayed this prayer before, but I got off track. I started walking more in the realm of foolishness instead of wisdom. And so on today, I'd like to rededicate my life to Christ. I say, God, I know I gave my life to you, but I snatched my life back. And now I want to place my life again in your hands. It's just a simple prayer of rededication. If you want that prayer, I'd like you to lift your hands up and put it back down. Awesome. Lift your hands up and put them back down. 
Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, everyone, lift your hands. Say, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I come before your throne, believing your word and confessing your word. Your word says, if I confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in my heart that you raised Jesus from the dead, I will be saved. Say, on today, I confess. On today, I believe. And today, I receive. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on and give the Lord a hand of praise.